the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. In our own life experiences, we have witnessed the general devastation of mediocre living. We have also witnessed those who have risen above it no matter what challenges they face. The Bible tells us that nothing is too hard for God. With God, all things are possible. Any one of us can be an overcomer if we look to the hills from whence cometh our help. Fear not, for God is not. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander continues to set the record straight. And Father, we thank you for the word that is about to be preached. Who am I to dispense the gospel to this special congregation that you have brought us before you today? Help me to preach in the power of the Spirit. We pray against satanic distractions. Let those who have ears to hear hear what the Spirit of God has to say. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Have your Bibles as we preach a special message. It won't be long, but uh, it is befitting for the moment. And uh, it is coming from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. One passage of scripture, and we'll reference some other scriptures forward from there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you are doing. I wanted to finish this message today, but I'd rather preach slower so that you can just glean and gain what God would have for you. And then I'll do part two of this message on next uh, Sunday, Lord willing, uh, because I wanted to just make sure that your heart has been massaged with this particular message. First uh, Thessalonians 5, 11 again says, therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you, are, you also are doing. And I want to preach the next two Sundays, the power of encouragement in the midst of troubling times. The power of encouragement in the midst of troubling times. We are all in the midst of troubling times in our nation and world. We have a virus that is plaguing our world where multitudes have become sick and some have, and multitudes really have succumbed to death because of it. We have tension among nations and even wars and rumors of wars. We've seen natural disasters such as fires, severe droughts, famines, severe winters. We've seen flooding, earthquakes, tornadoes, hurricanes, and so much more. Many people's lives are actually hanging in the balance. They're on the edge. They're fearful. So many are depressed, disheartened, discouraged. So, so I've never seen so many discouraged people. So many people are confused and hopeless in the midst of this health crisis. Some are in a spiritual rut and cannot get out. 
They used to pray, but they don't pray like they used to they like they used to. They used to serve in the Lord's church, but they don't serve like they used to. They used to give financially, but they don't give like they used to give. They used to have great attendance, but they don't have that kind of attendance anymore because they're in a spiritual rut. And once you get in a spiritual rut, it is quite difficult. Satan makes it so hard for you to come out of that rut. Many have one problem after another problem, major decision after major decision that must be addressed. Even our adults and even many of our youth are committing suicide at a staggering rate. My friend, this is what makes the power of encouragement so valuable in the midst of these troubling times. You say, you're preaching on encouragement. Can you tell me what it is? I think that's a good place to start. Exactly what is encouragement? To encourage means to strengthen. Means to strengthen. It means to help. To to encourage means to inspire. It, It means to refresh. To encourage means to to give hope. And I believe every one of us could use more encouragement in our lives, especially our active duty, retired military personnel and veterans. You this day need a big dose of encouragement. Perhaps some of you are dealing with an upcoming military move. Others transition from activity, active duty to retirement. Others of you Uh, trauma you may have incurred while serving, such as PTSD or nagging injury. Others of you, you're considering going back into the workforce while currently living the civilian life. And some of you may have a loved one who have been injured in the line of duty or even paid the ultimate price so that we can enjoy the freedoms that we have today. May our Lord bless you for your contributions that you have made throughout your military career. And prayerfully, this message will serve as a tremendous source of encouragement to you, a tremendous source of encouragement to your family and this congregation and to all who are listening uh, in this in-person congregation, as well as back in the Spirit Center, social media, YouTube, and all the other media platforms. But I pose a question as we deal with the uh, ministry of encouragement. Why do believers struggle to encourage others when the Bible instructs us to do so? It is clear. It is unmistakably clear that the Bible instructs us to encourage others. But yet so many Christians struggle when it comes to the ministry of encouragement. Why do many believers struggle? Well, number one, many believers struggle to encourage others because they are so preoccupied with their own personal challenges. They have so many challenges that they're confronted with that they, they can't even see beyond their challenges. They're not intentional about it. It's just overwhelming. Some are dealing with um, unemployment, others health issues, while others are dealing with marital problems. Some are dealing with financial struggles. Some are dealing with rebellious children. Some are dealing with aging parents, etc. And so they said, look, I need some encouragement. 
Encouraging others will help you to better cope with your own personal challenges. You want to get through your issues? Start encouraging others, meeting the needs of others, and it will take uh, your eyes off of your issues and your problems, and you'll begin to feel better. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. And some of you are weighed down by the anxieties of life, but a good word uh, uh, makes him glad. You know what encouragement is? It's a good word. It's a good word. Now, a lot of folks love being bearers of bad news, but, but encouragement is a good word, a refreshing word. And there are so many who are downcast and need to be made glad. A good word makes them glad. Number two, why do so many believers lack encouragement? A lack of rest hinders your ability to encourage others. A lack of rest hinders your ability to encourage others. In Mark chapter 6, verses 31 to 32, it says, And he said to them, Come aside. This is Jesus talking. Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place. Look, by yourselves, look at the text closely, a deserted place and rest a while. Now, you ought to underline that. See, some of y'all read the Bible. You can't speed read the Bible. You have to read it meditatively. Look at Come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. Have you been so busy that you forgot to eat? Verse 32 says, so they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. Let me say something about this passage. When you are fatigued, stressed, and you lack rest, you're rest deprived, you become irritable, you become impatient with your wife, your children, your siblings, your coworkers, you become snappy. You just, you snap folk up, you just bite. You just, hello, bite, just bite, which hinders you from encouraging others. This is why rest should be an essential part of life. Come apart and rest. Beloved, Jesus himself put a premium, a value on rest because he instructed his disciples to rest by saying, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. I believe some of you are scared of God. And the reason, why do you say that? Because you're scared to get by yourself, alone with God, and tell him to speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And you know why I feel some of you are afraid to hear God talk? Because you're scared that he might ask you to do something that you really don't want to do. So you keep the noise factor, you know, going all around. Everything is just moving all around, swirling. Because you, you're really blocking. I want to tell you this today. God is not going to yell at you. <laughs> God is not going to yell at you. He speaks in a still, small voice. So he's not going to get louder than you. He wants you to tone down so you can be intentional about hearing 
your God. Thirdly, some believers feel inadequate and do not feel equipped enough to encourage others. Some believers feel a heightened sense of inadequacy and do not feel equipped enough to encourage others. Beloved, the Word of God and your personal life experiences and possessing a love for people are enough for you to effectively minister to others. I say it again because it's so critical. Sometimes Satan will make you think that you're lacking, you're deficient, you're inadequate. That's a lie straight from the pits of hell. God has deposited enough in you to give another person a good word to make them glad. What is it? Beloved, you have the word of God, you have your personal life experiences, And if you have a love for people, you have enough to effectively minister to others. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16a says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. You have to have the word in you before you can dispense it to others. 1 Peter 4, 8a also says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Your love for people will move you to encourage them. Loving people will move you to encourage them. God has deposited enough into you to encourage others physically and to encourage others spiritually. But the real question is, will you release your encouragement to others? And you know what the Bible says in James? The, the book of James says, if you know to do good and you don't do it, it's what? Sin. I'm not going to do that. I don't like her. <laughs> you, you know what to do, but you got issues with people, so you, you, you choose to withhold your encouragement. My friends, that is sad. Will you release your encouragement? Number four, many Christians have a critical, judgmental, and negative spirit which hinders them from encouraging others. Many Christians have a critical, judgmental, and negative spirit which hinders them from encouraging others. People are more inclined to criticize you and tear others down before they give a word of encouragement. I submit to you today that there is no such thing as a gift of criticism. God wants us to speak a good word in the lives of people. people. Matter of fact, when people want to argue with you, fight with you, take issues with you, you just start encouraging them. They can't fight that. You disarm them. You, you say, you know what? I thank God for you. God has a purpose and plan for your life. They just chewed you out. But you know what? There's a purpose in you chewing me out. And I can't wait till God reveal it to you. <laughs> I tell you, you start encouraging people. And you know what? You just, they don't know what to say. What's wrong with him? Is he crazy? I just cussed him out. And he just said, I'm praying for you. And I love you. And they will never, ever forget it. Never forget it. So don't be judgmental. Don't be critical. Don't be a nagger. Uh, the scripture says in Proverbs uh, 18, uh, 21, death and life. Say death and life. Death and life. Say it again. I want you to get it. Say death and life. Death and life. Say death and life. Death and life. 
thank you. That is so, two powerful words. I wish I could elaborate, but time won't permit. But death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your tongue can speak death on people, and your tongue can speak life on people, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Beloved, be determined to use your tongue to speak spiritual refreshment. People need life. They need spiritual refreshment. People need hope uh, spoken into their lives, especially when so many are on the edge especially when so many are worried, especially when so many are stressed with children and issues and one thing and another and all the to-do lists and they're just tired. When others are down and depressed, they need a good word. You don't know where people are and you can't go wrong giving people encouragement. You need to write that down. Thank you, Lord. You cannot go wrong giving people a big dose of encouragement. Number five, many struggle to encourage others because they rarely receive encouragement themselves. They rarely receive it themselves. So they, they don't, because they, they don't know about it, they don't receive it. Therefore, they do not know how to encourage others because they never get it. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us think of ways to encourage one another to acts of love and good works. If you do not have a natural proclivity and tendency of encouraging others, then you need to ask the Lord to give you a heart of encouragement and creativity to be able to encourage others. Lord, help me to have a heart to encourage others. Give me creative ways to bless others with my words. Let me never gossip about a person, tear them down, speak illy behind their back. Let me not slander. Let me not use my tongue for the purposes of death, but to speak life and hope in the lives of people. Number six, you will not be able to encourage others if you are thinking and meditating on the wrong things. You'll not be able to encourage others if you're thinking and meditating on the wrong things. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, look, meditate, underline this, meditate on these things. Some of you are meditating on the wrong thing and you're shipwrecking your lives. You're meditating on the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong television shows. You're listening to the wrong music. You're filtering your spirit with this kind of stuff. And no wonder you're hurting everybody in your path. When you come, it's just like a tornado coming. And just tap everything in a person's life. Beloved, there are some things you cannot control. I want you to hear me well. There are some things you cannot control in your life, such as the country you were born in. You can't control that. The color of your skin, you can't control that. Your gender at birth, you can't control that or the family you were born into, to name a few. However you, look, however you do get to choose what you are going to think and meditate on. There are some things you can't control, but you do get to choose what you will meditate and think on. And the scripture tells us exactly what we ought to be meditating on so that we will have a healthy mind. If you implement Philippians 4, 8, your mind will become a balanced mind, 
a healthy mind, a spiritual mind, a God-centered mind, you will cultivate the mind of Christ. You get to choose what you think and meditate on, which determines if you live a defeated life or a victorious life. If you have a negative or pessimistic outlook on life, you will struggle to encourage others. If you, if you have a negative, pessimistic outlook on life, you're going to struggle to encourage others. And number seven, this is a big one, and I'm going to label this one a while. Uh, you cannot encourage others if you possess an angry spirit. You cannot encourage others if you possess an angry spirit. Ecclesiastes 7, 9 says, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. An angry spirit will make a fool out of you. An angry spirit will cause you to cross the line. You say things that will just devastate the lives of people. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 also says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place for the devil. The longer you are angry, the greater opportunity for Satan to exploit you. He loves it when you remain in a state of anger because you are a breeding ground to just wipe people out with your tongue. So you cannot be an encourager until you're healed of your anger. So how can you be healed of your anger so that you can encourage others? Somebody said, I ain't angry, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. Okay, well, let's just check you out. How can you be healed of your anger so that you can encourage others? Number one, trusting in Christ as your personal savior and giving your anger to Jesus is the surest way to be healed of your anger. You got to believe the gospel. You say, well, what is the gospel? First Corinthians chapter 15, verses three and four is the gospel. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why we celebrate Christmas. He, God in a manger. He was born of a virgin, born fully God and fully man, grew up and was that most perfect holy example and then died on that cross as our divine substitute to save us from our sins. And not only did he die on that cross, but he was buried according to the scripture and he rose from the dead. And not only did he rise from the dead, but this same Jesus that rose is coming back again. Amen. Beloved, Jesus is the answer for healing your anger. Secondly, you must admit that you have a problem with anger and refuse to live in denial. Now, some folks are angry, but they won't own up to it. And therefore, it lingers in you uh, perpetually. You must admit that you have a problem with anger and refuse to live in denial. First uh, John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You confess your sins. In other words, you agree. You say, so what does it mean to confess your sins? It, it means to agree with God about your sins, whether it's a sin of stealing, sin of backbiting, jealousy, whatever it is, and the sin of anger. God, I must confess. I agree with you that I have anger 
and you plead the blood of Jesus over it and he purges your sin. James 5.16a also says, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Not only do you agree with God, but then you confess that to others. Perhaps it's your wife, a husband, a brother, a sibling, a coworker, or, or whomever. I'm gonna tell you something else about anger. Let me give you another dimension. Anger does not always reveal itself with screaming. Anger does not always reveal itself with yelling, being aggressive, and a destructive behavior. That's, that's one sign of it, and we see a lot of that around. But I'm going to tell you something. Anger can also be subtle. It can be, anger can be deceitful. Grumbling under your breath. Rehearsing your hurt in your thoughts. Refusing to talk to folk you're angry with ignoring the person you are angry with, uh, intentionally snobbing and avoiding them, and even quietly undermining the person you are angry with. In other words, you're getting them back underneath. Underneath. You see, that's evil. Prolonged anger will destroy your health, raise your blood pressure, take away your sleep, It'll give you ulcers. Prolonged anger will shipwreck your family, your reputation, and your destiny. Only when you are healed of your anger will you be able to encourage others. Number three, you can be healed of your anger by seeking biblical counseling. Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching and would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit MaranathaSA.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas 78109. And if you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.